It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Frisky Whiskey. You can save a ton of money on alcohol, tobacco, lottery tickets just off of exit to as you uh, head into Georgia. Quick drive from Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County area. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas here with you. Fun show ahead. I'm excited about this. we got a lot of different topics to touch on. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Cool. Some great questions. Yeah, I think so. All right, so we'll start things off. Uh, you can text us. Seems like texting is more popular than leaving the voicemail. I get it. 205-502-4285 really helps us out with this uh, this kind of slow period. Evan asked us, this is actually from Twitter, at Locked on Auburn. Uh, Evan said, would be interested to get an update on players who transferred slash tried to transfer. Will Joey have the starting spot in Kentucky? Did Whitlow find another team? All right, so we'll start things off with some news that broke yesterday. And it's interesting, we actually talked about the receivers yesterday and two former Auburn wide receivers found their way into the news. So Deshaun Sheffield has entered the transfer portal and uh, he's listed as a defensive back at some places because he was supposed to switch to the other side of the football with Matthew Hill for spring. Spring never happened. And then like we talked about in the the past few weeks, he kind of got in some trouble uh, when he was at home, including you know um, a DUI and some misdemeanor stuff. So uh, Malzahn suspended him indefinitely, and his response was to transfer. I'm curious if that was a mutual thing, if that was encouraged. I, I don't know. I don't know. But Troy and Middle Tennessee are the two leaders, according to Keith Niebuhr. And um, it makes sense. He was recruited very heavily by Chip Lindsey when mm-hmm. he was the offensive coordinator at Auburn. Now, obviously, he is the head coach at Troy, so I think that makes a lot of sense. And Keith Niebuhr is definitely my go-to for Auburn recruiting stuff and 24-7, which is Auburn Undercover and Inside the Auburn Tigers, 50% off sale right now. Highly, highly recommend going to do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then Marquise McClain, former Auburn wide receiver, he uh, entered the transfer portal a few weeks ago. He announced on his Twitter page yesterday that he is transferring to Southern University, an FCS school that is in Baton Rouge. And it's interesting, Auburn had four wide receivers in that 2016 class, and only Eli Stove is left. It was Eli, Marquise McLean, Nate Craig Myers, and Kyle Davis. And Nate Craig Myers and Kyle Davis, they were five stars at the time they committed. And there was all this talk about how this was the best wide receiver recruiting class in the history of Auburn athletics. And as far as rankings and stuff, it still is. But that class, when you look at those names and the way that we talked about that class then, is very similar to how you and I talked about the twenty uh, the twenty twenty class on yesterday's podcast when we took a deep dive into the wide receivers. So kind of interesting because you know you had those two big receivers, and then an exciting guy Nate Craig Myers that was massive, and then it was mm-hmm. like, well, Eli Stove maybe could do something in the middle of the field. Now we have a similar makeup with the class we mentioned yesterday with a lot of size, but all the excitement is about the slot guy. I wonder if there's kind of some um, subliminal thought process because Auburn has just had a lot more success with, with you know, Eli, uh, Eli Stove in that class, Ryan Davis in his class, um, and now you know everybody's uh, excited about the natural wide receiver, Kobe Hudson. Uh, I mean, when you get a natural wide receiver, uh, there's nothing – there, there's just only so much you can say. You can't be too excited about a natural wide receiver. Yeah, played Kobe Hudson, of course, played quarterback in high school, but we can't stress how natural of a wide receiver he is. Yeah, I agree. 205-502-4285. Oh, I guess uh, 
other questions from Evan. Will Joey have the starting spot in Kentucky? Yes, uh, I've got a source in Joey's camp, and they believe that he will get the clearance to play from the NCAA. I think he will start. Did Whitlow find another oh, team? Wait, seriously? Yes. Did Whitlow find another team? No. Everyone's saying Tulane because he was supposed to go to Tulane, and then Lindsey came in at the last second and wanted him and uh, got him to kind of sign as a slot receiver and then eventually moved to running back. So I think he's going to go to Tulane, but it's been a weird amount of time. Mm-hmm. It's been longer than you would think, so um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. All right, you want to read uh, read the next one? It's, kind of, it's about Sawyer Pate. Yeah. Wayne's following up from our response from uh, from yesterday. Yeah, he said that if uh, if we went back and listened to the podcast last week and from Monday, we'd understand why he texted about Sawyer Pate. We believe you. And he said we're both responsible enough to read it on air and, and acknowledge whether his perception was correct or not. That's why he listens every day on the way home from work. Thank you and really enjoyed the show. First of all, thank you for listening every day. Wayne, we, we really love appreciate you. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It means a ton. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I totally understand why you said that question. I'm really glad that you said that question. You're probably not the only one who thought what you thought. And right. um, so I'm glad we got a chance to address it, that we're not, I guess it's like, we're not hating on Sawyer Pate. We're big fans of Sawyer Pate. Yeah. It, it just kind of so happens that since he is a walk-on and kind of just because he's a recruited walk-on has to start at the bottom of the totem pole in the quarterback room that, I guess he's kind of been the butt of some of our jokes, but um, I really, I really hope that he does ma- some major, major things here at Auburn. We mentioned that uh, we mentioned them at the top of the show, but we love our friends at Frisky Whiskey, and the big reason is they can save you all kinds of money on all kinds of things. So Alabama has the fourth highest tax rate on distilled spirits in the country per gallon. So if you buy two handles of liquor in the state of Alabama, you'll be taxed almost twenty dollars, nineteen dollars fifteen cents. Georgia ranked thirty seventh. In the country with an excess tax rate of $3.79 per gallon. So that's a $16 difference. And because of this tax variance, you can find substantial price differences between Frisky Whiskey and ABC stores. So Frisky Whiskey is your one-stop shop for liquor, beer, wine, tobacco, and lottery. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, this is the question I'm really excited about, and it's from The Gloat. Um, Hey, Zach, I tweeted this question, but now I will text it. Colonel Steve, uh, not giving you, uh, he just said, hey, Zach, how does that make you feel? It's okay. I mean, it's fine. He said, hey, at Locked On Auburn, does a trio of Bo, Tank, and Seth have the potential to be the best trio in the SEC? If not them, what SEC trio is better? Take care, Colonel Steve. I also think listeners would be interested to see who the trios will be from the other SEC schools. Uh, I agree. I think this is a great question. I'm going to let you. Uh, you kind of did the research on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to let you kind of take the take the wheel here. Uh, the short answer, the quick answer to the question: Do those three guys, Bo Tank and Seth, have the potential to be the top trio in the SEC? Uh, the short answer is no. Okay. Um, they don't. Even, they don't have the potential. Not this season. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll run through it. 
I did look up every team. Well, almost every team. I didn't look up Arkansas. That didn't seem relevant. Right. Um, There are a lot of questions, a lot of places. A lot of places I had to put question marks. Um, For Kentucky, I don't know. So so we're doing the best quarterback, the best running back, and the best wide receiver. That is what we're constituting as a trio here. So that was that was going to be my next question. Could it be like running back and two wide receivers or something like this? So we're now, just when, when I hear trio of an offense, I'm thinking the quarterback, the running back, and the wide receiver, and that's what Colonel Steve mentions here with Bo Tank and Seth. So I think that should be our our measuring point. Okay, so I, I did kind of rank where I would where I personally would put them, and it does change whether you're doing QB, running back, and wide receiver or or something different. But okay, I, I mean the easy one here, Alabama's got the top two. With Mac Jones, who, you, you know, you can say what you want about Mac Jones. Last season, he came in, completed 68.8% of his passes, threw for over 1,500 yards, had 14 touchdowns, and three interceptions. So he played well in the three games he played or whatever. And then you got Najee Harris coming back, who put up 1,500 all-purpose yards and 20 touchdowns last season. And Devonta Devonta Smith Devonta yeah. Devonta Smith, who had one thousand two hundred fifty six yards and fourteen touchdowns. Gosh, that's your number one trio in the SEC. Hard to argue against it. And then your number two trio is going to be Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Jalen Waddle. Okay, like all right. So Alabama's got the top slot. All right, who do you have as the number two slot? Um, this is going to be weird because we kind of talked about him yesterday, but Texas A and M. Really? Yeah. Uh, when when you look at the numbers, Kellen Mond, he last season, sixty two percent completions, two thousand nine hundred yards throwing, twenty touchdowns, nine interceptions. He added five hundred yards on the ground and eight touchdowns. So I mean, just there, twenty eight total touchdowns on the season. Uh, the running back Isaiah Spiller, I believe, was a true freshman last year and ran for nine hundred forty six yards and ten touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And then Jamon Osbon is their number one wide receiver. He was their number one wide receiver last year. He had 872 receiving yards and five touchdowns. Okay. So, I mean. That's pretty strong, man. uh, Yeah. And they're all coming back together. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Who's your number three trio in the SEC? Number three might. This one is the one. Well, I don't know. For me, this is number four because I put Alabama at one and two. Okay. Whether, I mean, semantics, right? But. I've actually got Mississippi State here, and I know that, yeah, like you're already giving me a funny look, but... They've got a good running back. K.J. Costello, the transfer from Stanford. You're high on him. In 2018, so in 2019, he like tore his ACL five games into the season or something like that, but in 2018, 65% completion percentage, 3,540 yards, excuse me, 29 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, so... And that was at Stanford, mm-hmm. who's not known for passing the football, and now he's going to be with Mike Leach, who's known for only passing the football. Okay. Kylan Hill last season ran for 1,350 yards and 10 touchdowns, and they're bringing back their top receiver, who he had 430 yards receiving and six touchdowns last season. Um, he was their top receiver, though, uh, even though I guess the yardage numbers aren't really high like he he was their number one guy they just didn't throw the ball very often okay uh then i've got auburn uh, bo nix 58 percent completions 2500 yards 
16 touchdowns, six interceptions, added 313 yards on the ground and seven touchdowns. I guess the biggest issue here is that he, the question says tank. Right. But even if you put DJ, it's still like that. that's going to be statistically holding Auburn back as we compare those guys. But the question also says potential. Correct. I would take the potential of Auburn over Mississippi State. The Texas A&M argument at two is, is pretty strong. Yeah, so the potential thing is where it does get kind of shaky. DJ Williams did have 84 carries for 400 yards and two touchdowns last season. Yeah. That's only 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, and then Seth Williams, 59 catches, 830 yards and eight touchdowns. But And regardless of which Auburn running back we put in, I think we kind of all suspect it's going to be a running back by committee and that it may like really change throughout the season about who's getting the lion's share of the carries. And that could really hold back either Tank or DJ from potentially being one of the a member of one of the top trios just because, you know, DJ could get most of the carries in the first half and Tank could get most of the carries in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. And so when you're going up against a guy like Kylan Hill, who you know, like, every time Mississippi State runs the football, it's going to Kylan Hill. That's true. So that's why I've got them there. I've got UGA right below Auburn. Um, one of the things that I th- feel like we don't talk about enough, JT Daniels, former five-star quarterback, transferred from USC to Georgia. We don't know whether or not he's going to be able to play this fall, but he might be the starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, he's probably a better fit for Mike Bobo's offense because he's a better passer than Jamie Newman. Right. Um, Newman, 61% completion, 2,868 yards, 2,868, uh, 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He added six touchdowns on the ground. So, I mean, those are not numbers to scoff at, at especially at Wake Forest. Um, yeah. And, and JT Daniels, as a true freshman two seasons ago, he also tore his ACL last year in their opening game. 60% completion. 2,672 yards, 14 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. Those numbers look a lot like Bo Nix's. Yeah. Uh, Five letters, two words. Bo Nix. Where UGA gets shaky is you don't really know who their running back is going to be. Zamir White rushed for 408 yards and three touchdowns last season. And Cook, I don't know his first name, I forgot, but he ran, I think it's James, James Cook, ran for 31 carries, 188 yards, and two touchdowns. So they, you know, like Auburn, just don't, we don't really know what's going to happen there with the running back position. You assume it's going to be good. I mean, they've had good running backs for the last decade. But uh, And then George Pickens is their their number one wide receiver, 727 yards and eight touchdowns last year. That's a true freshman. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, I've got Ole Miss next. Interesting. Again, the big issue is... There's a big drop-off here, right, after Georgia? I I think so. Yeah. Um. Well, sort of. Their big question mark is Their who's the quarterback? Yeah, because John Rice Plumley ran for over a thousand yards, averaged six point six yards per carry, scored twelve touchdowns on the ground. He only threw for nine hundred and ten yards. Mm-hmm. Matt Corral only threw for thirteen hundred yards. So it's like who who is going to be the starting quarterback? We don't really know. Right. Um, but they've got a a sophomore running back who'll be a sophomore in the fall, uh, Jerry and Ely, who ran for seven hundred twenty two yards and six touchdowns. At seven yards a carry, actually 6.9. Okay, we can round up. Yeah. And they're bringing back their number one receiver, Elijah Moore, who had 850 yards and six touchdowns. Okay. 
Yeah, so quarterback is the big question there. Um, I think I think it'll be Plumley for what it's worth. Me too. Uh, then we get into the teams where there's two teams where if we're not doing quarterback, running back, wide receiver would be higher on this list. But since we're limiting it to quarterback, running back, wide receiver, mm-hmm. they're going to be near the bottom. Um, LSU and Florida, which is weird. But LSU, you got Miles Brennan, who we just don't really know if he's going to be good. Okay. Um, they lose Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who ran for 6.6 yards per carry and was just awesome for them last season. And so they're either going to go with Davis Prince, Curry, or Emery Jr. We just don't know. Okay. They all ran for about the same number of yards last season, right around 200. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are two wide receivers they're bringing back or two of the best in the country in Jamar Chase and Terrence Marshall Jr. Yeah, no question. Terrence Marshall Jr. had 671 yards and 13 touchdowns, and he was their number five receiver. That's stupid. That is ridiculous. Think about that. He was, the number, he was fifth in catches on their team and had 671 yards and 13 touchdowns. Yeah, he would almost be Auburn's number one. Maybe behind that's, Seth, yeah. That's in yards. Mm-hmm. I think I think when I looked at it, Schwartz had like forty six catches also, which is which was shocking to me. I did yeah. not think he caught the ball that much. Yeah. So if we were doing two wide receivers and a quarterback, if I could do that, they would be way higher on the list because right. of the, the two receivers. Uh, and then for Florida, you got Kyle Trask, of who course, a right. lot of people are way higher on than I am. But yeah, I'm high on him. Yeah. Sixty seven percent completions. Almost 3,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, they're bringing back Damian Pierce, who was their number two running back last season, at 54 carries, 305 yards, four touchdowns. That's 5.6 yards per carry. Uh, and then for receivers, the best receiver they're bringing back is their tight end, Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Kyle Pitts. Um, he had 649 yards and five touchdowns last season. Most years, that'll win you the Mackey. Yeah, you're right. People are super, super excited for him coming back this season. But obviously, we're not doing tight ends, so they're bringing back Grimes. I can't even... Grimes, Copeland, and Kadarius Toney, who is I'm okay with the leading tight end being uh, part of a triplet. I'm fine with that. Being the the main receiver. Then I'd probably put Florida much closer to probably in the top five, at least. Yeah. Um, So... To, my, my answer to the question is no. I, I don't think they have the potential to be the top one, mainly because I just don't think it's possible to catch Alabama. Like, I, 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 the numbers that Smith put up last year are absurd. Right. And Najee Harris is probably the best player in the SEC right now outside of um, Derek Stingley Jr. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, you're adding Jalen Waddle probably. And, and so it's just like, that's just going to be way too hard to catch. Yeah. As far as triplets go. Or, yeah. or trios, trios, triplets, go. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I know I just threw a bunch of names and numbers at you guys. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Let's look at uh, let's look at some more questions here. Carl on Twitter 
asked, or he said, watching the 2018 Auburn versus Washington game, Steve Levy just commented on Chandler Cox saying, quote, Malzahn always seems to have a Swiss Army knife type of player. And he said, uh, prophetic. And, uh, yeah, that's awesome. So I added to Carl's tweet, and I just kind of want to ask the question, who's the next one? Obviously, we had, um, we had Chandler Cox. We had Spencer Nye. Who do you think is the next Swiss Army knife? Is it Shanker? I'm going to go with J.J. Pegues. This year? It might not be this year. Well, it's got to be somebody this year. That's why I'm saying Shanker. I guess Shanker. It may be Brent, Brent, Brandon Frazier. Brendan Frazier. A freshman? I don't think it's going to be a freshman. <sighs> then I just don't have... I don't really think it's going to be Shanker. He would be the best answer, I guess. Okay. But as far as Swiss Army Knives go, I'm going to go with J.J. Pegues because he's... I mean, he's billed as an athlete, and he's 6'2", 280, and was like a running back in, in high school. I mean, he is just an absolute freak athlete who can do, or on paper at least, can do anything, anything you want. And, and so I, I think he's got the best chance. Again, I don't know about this season. Um, and every time we talk about tight ends, it's kind of like, you know, also, we got Fromm and Deal. It's true. That is true. I just I think they're more of tight ends. I could see them using Shanker off the line of scrimmage a little bit more. I don't really have a reasoning as to why. In, yeah. I just just this is kind of my gut. Okay, H back, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put them off the line, right? Um, okay, two zero five five zero two four two eight five. Hey guys, Elliot here. Elliot and I are buds because we uh, we met at Barbaritos a few weeks ago. We're Barb Bros. Love the show. Keep it up. What is the likelihood that we ever see a running back Heisman winner? Under Gus Malzahn, with his by committee approach, does Tank have a prayer? Thanks. Uh, I don't think Gus really has a by committee approach. I think that's what Auburn fans want him to do, but we've seen it almost happen with with Trey Mason. I think with Carry On, he wasn't too far off if he uh, if he stays healthy throughout the season and really throughout his career because it's almost become at times you have to have like a good you know few seasons to kind of be eligible for it. I think we've seen guys get close under Malzahn's time. My, my big thing is how often is a running back going to win the Heisman in general, not just with, with Gus Malzahn. Especially right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it happened with the when the Alabama running backs went on that really good streak when they were you know, winning the Heisman or getting top two or three in the Heisman voting, there weren't the quarterbacks just weren't lighting it up the way they are now. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at this string of quarterbacks that have won, it's guys who are throwing and running. Um, with Baker Mayfield. Kyler who, Murray. Who won it before Baker Mayfield? Was it Deshaun Watson? No, it was Lamar Jackson. Right. So Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Joe Burrow. I mean, he even, I don't have the number, but, it, well, I mean, he obviously had a historic quarterback season throwing the football. And then also um, he, he he did his fair share of, of running also. That's tough. It, it, it's going to be really hard for a running back to win the Heisman nowadays. I mean, we're talking Jonathan Taylor ran for 2,000 yards in back-to-back seasons. Didn't even get considered for it. Not even, No. Chuba Hubbard, 2,000 yards back-to-back seasons. Didn't even get considered for it. It's, it's really – you're going to have to put a team on your back and lead them to now, potentially an undefeated season. Do now, what Trey Mason did. I mean, do what Trey Mason did. But also, I think, I mean, a lot of it is marketing. I mean, it's a popularity contest to some extent. And it's not going to the best player in the country. Last year it did. But 
I think with the name Tank Bigsby, I think you have a chance for the, like the marketing aspect of like, you know, I, I could just see it kind of on the the left ticker in Sports Center, like you know, puns about Tank. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think that could help him. You know, should that matter? No, but as far as marketing and um, and, and kind of branding yourself and you know it being something that's easy for people to talk about, I think Tank has a chance um, to be that guy. I don't think I don't think a running back wins the Heisman for a long time, though. Uh, it's definitely going to be extremely difficult, and I, I I will say, you need those Heisman moments, and you need them like in the middle of the season, if that makes sense, because that's when you kind of gain momentum. Like Trevor Lawrence had a bad first couple of games last season, sure, and he was just done, right? Yeah, and, and, and I think the way Auburn's schedule is working now, with Georgia being towards the start of the year. I think you could do something there because you're going to be on a national stage, and then you, you need to peak in the Iron Bowl. And Tank could, in theory, do that, but is it going to be enough for him to win a Heisman one day? I don't, I don't think so. It's just, it's so hard as a running back. Yeah. Where, and even, sorry, we talked about Trey Mason. Um, even with Trey Mason, without his performance in the SEC championship game, I mean, he probably doesn't get invited to, to New York even. Yeah, and like you knew he wasn't going to win it, but I and once again, I, I think it's interesting that they chose Trey and not Nick because I mean Nick was phenomenal in that SEC championship game as well. Yeah, but I mean, when you see if someone has a stat line that's like no, it's one of the dumbest stat lines ever. Yeah, yeah it's like forty-five carries, three hundred and forty yards, and and three touchdowns or whatever it actually no, you're, was. You're, you're absolutely just, right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that that's what's going to pop out to you. So I, I hope Take wins it. That would be really, really freaking cool. That would be cool. I just find it very hard to believe that. Give him a statue. Yeah. Give him a statue. I find it hard to believe. Where can people find you and hear you, buddy? Uh, Follow me on Twitter, at CouchPapTato. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn or on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We will see you tomorrow right here on LockedOnAuburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.